Swim Swim Podcasts coming to you with a Coach's Corner kind of edition. Uh, I'm Garrett McCaffrey and very excited to be joined by Dr. Dave Salo, who comes to us from, I guess the people listening won't appreciate the joke, but underwater. Um, for those of you who get to see the, uh, the Zoom video here. Dave, thanks so much for making time. Thanks for having me, Garrett. least the news just uh, came out that you were hired at Orange Coast College and uh, the head coach is one of your former swimmers at Nova, Anthony Lacopetti. I hope I said that right. Lacopetti. 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 How does Anthony, one of your former swimmers and somebody uh, probably quite your junior, uh, convince you to come and be his assistant at Orange Coast College? Well, it's it's more, if if you look back... um, as you, you probably know, I swam for John Urbanchek at Long Beach State when he got into college coaching. And John's a longtime friend of mine. And when he retired from Michigan, he um, was going to move back out to Fullerton. It's close to USC when I was at USC. And I had asked him to be my assistant uh, or my volunteer assistant at the time to keep him active and going. And, and uh, it was great to have John on the deck and uh, as a friend, as a mentor. Um, and so that's, it's always been kind of in the back of my mind that if I, should I exit USC or at the time I would leave USC, uh, I always had the, it kind of in the back of my mind, a dream of being an assistant coach for a change. Um, my entire career, except for the five years I coached with Peter Dalen, I've been a head coach and head coach responsibilities, as you know, are, are pretty enormous and, uh, and, and it was kind of cool to think about the idea of just being somebody's assistant. You come on deck, you sync the clocks, you fix the lane lines, which I'm really good at, uh, tight lane lines. And you're there with a lot of uh, uh, experiential resources that, uh, that if I could bring to the equation, that's great. If you just need me to uh, get my watch out, it's good too. And I think there's a lot of us as, as as retired or semi-retired head coaches look forward to not having as much of the, the head coach responsibilities. So I had told Anthony that uh, at the point at which I would retire, I would, I would certainly come back. And if he would have me, I'd be his volunteer assistant. Originally is what I had suggested. And uh, fortunate, I guess, for me or, or, or Anthony, they, they don't accept volunteers anymore. They only take paid positions. So I said, okay, pay me. That's good. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of been in the back of my mind always to, to leave uh, eventually college swimming, uh, be an assistant coach somewhere. And, and this, this just fell in line. They've got a great, beautiful new facility. And Anthony swam for me. And so we've got kind of uh, similar ideas about uh, coaching, I think. And and I'm just there to help them out. He's a young coach. He's a good coach, very successful. And I thought I could be of service. Yeah. I, I mean, that answers most of the questions. And it, but I do kind of want to, uh, hopefully with all due respect, ask you one about your assistant responsibilities. Because stepping back on deck, I wouldn't ask this question if I hadn't seen you pick up trash 
on your pool deck at major meets. And I believe that you're a whiz with a lane line ratchet, but uh, what other kind of assistant responsibilities do you have to step back into, especially now paid? Do you have anything that like you have to do that you're not excited about? No, it, it's, 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 uh, Anthony's never had really, uh, com- I would say dedicated assistant coaches that are just swimming assistant coaches. So, um, uh, it's, 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 I'm just trying to help him be, be better, just help him, uh, take some things off his plate. Um, this year his, his wife is expecting their second child. And, and so that's a really important thing for him and his family. And, and I, I've always tried to do that with my assistant coaches too, is always to, um, do whatever I could to have create an environment for them to be good family people and not just coaches and, and because I don't have family or I've said this before, I don't have a wife or kids or dog or anything. So uh, where I can pitch in to help it just uh, be a little bit easier for him to get there's sometimes where he's had to get home to his wife because they've got to get something done or he's taking his, his young uh, son out to the, the aquarium and I can be at the, I can be at the pool and he can, do, he doesn't have to worry about getting to the deck because I, I can take care of it. Uh, he obviously can trust me because I know I, I've got the coaching experience. So, uh, and I'm, I'm really, really adaptable. So uh, I'm tremendously adaptable, whatever the circumstances, whatever the, the circumstances are with the athletes. So as you probably well understand, community college swimming is kind of a broad spectrum of skill set. So there's kids who barely can swim to those kids who are uh, bounce back from division one and, and, um, and so I can, I, can, I can adapt to either end of the spectrum and, and probably be pretty effective. And it's, it's just extremely relaxing. It's, it's, I love to coach. I love to create uh, training design and, and implement uh, my ideas about uh, how you, the methodology. And, and it's, it's just fun to be able to, to watch these, guys, these kids kind of get excited about um, just the kind of training that both Anthony and I think employ the same kind of methodology for these community college kids to come in and have an experience that's really, really positive. So, um, but there's not there. Yeah. I haven't found anything that I, I, I I'm dreading. It's well, one thing I don't miss from NC2A division one swimming is the, just the, just the, the, the landscape of recruiting and, and that process, I used to love calling kids and talking to them about our program and talking to them, get to know them. But, um, but it became such a, an endeavor where you've got to recruit juniors, you've got to recruit seniors yeah. because now the transfer portal and the, they don't have to sit out. You've got to keep, tra- you've got to keep recruiting your own kids. And, and you, you, you know, we've all been in that position where you've had a kid that's come into your program has done well and they walk in your door and they say, well, I'm transferring. It's like, what? Yeah. And so it's, you're just kind of always on edge about that whole thing. And so I don't miss that. And I'm, I'm, I, we haven't really started doing much recruiting yet, but um, we'll, we'll do that. And I, I've, I've urged Anthony to really push towards recruiting really top-notch athletes, uh, both uh, which we're allowed to do in terms of California community college rules. And, but we're also allowed to, uh, to consider international athletes. And I think that we could probably bring in some really, really top-notch international athletes into in, moving into uh, Orange County, a beautiful facility. Um, 
the experiences that I bring to it that, that uh, I think will intrigue uh, international athletes to consider coming out to, to have a great training environment. And I think that's what we can provide at Orange Coast College. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like all the, all the best reasons to be somebody's assistant coach. It sounds like Anthony's pretty lucky um, to have you in that scenario. And when you guys are coming up with kind of a game plan of, you know, whether it's, uh, are you still coaching a pro group as well? Yeah, I've got a, a group that we're calling the Pro Nova group at Irvine. Um, that's just, that's, uh, uh, yeah. Just so I, I so, a small. So when you're approaching, you know, whatever your, your training plan is with them, or when you're talking with Anthony about how you can reach these community college athletes, um, I, I think the obvious question is, as a coach, Dave, what do you have left to prove? But I guess I kind of want to take it two steps back and look backwards and say, what, when you have an opportunity to help a coach like Anthony, what can you come to him with, with that you've already proven? Something that you know for sure. I can, you know, I know for sure. And it does maybe something that Anthony already knows, and this is a bad example, but if a coach comes up and it's like, what do you think you've proven? And it can be just to yourself. It doesn't have to be one of your, you know, thesis papers and research, you know, things from all of your time that you have spent doing the scientific research behind it. Just, you know, at this point in your career, what do you feel like, you know, for sure? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think first off, I, I'm not trying to prove anything. I've, I've had a great career and I've, I, I could, I don't need to do this. And it's great to be in that. It, that you, you've got, when you get to this point in time where you're, you're financially, you're fine and you, you professionally, you've had an ex exceptional career and a, and a hall of fame coach and all that stuff and an Olympic coach. And now it's just being able to give back as much as I can. Anthony is a really bright young man and I'm a sounding board for him. So there's, there's things he'll, he's, you know, he knows what he wants and how he wants to do it. And he'll just, he'll just bounce things off my, off me and, and ask me what I I think, and and um, I'm, I'm. We have great conversations about swimming. We have great conversations about uh, Elon Musk and, and first principles. And he's really a bright kid. And uh, I shouldn't say he's a kid; he's forty years old. But um, you've known him since he was. Yeah, yeah, since he was like eighteen or whatever. And so it's. I think just I'm just there to 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 kind of allow him to. It's it's I go back to when I was coaching at USC and after my first first two years I was I was always I was so focused on the athletes and trying to take care of my coaches and I got really uncomfortable about just what I was doing and I just told my coaches one day I said look I'm, I I have to coach the way I coach I can't coach how you want to coach or what your needs are I can't be distracted by what your needs are as coaches um, you just have to know that I trust you. Uh, that I'm going to give you a lot of responsibility. Uh, I'm not going to write every single workout. You've got to do it verbatim. Uh, and, and, but you're going to get your hands in the mix. But I'm going, to lead the, I'm going to lead the troops. I'm going to run it the way I'm comfortable with. You just have to fall in line and figure it out and be prepared that if I say, okay, in the next five minutes, you're taking the sprinters, go do something with them, make them faster. Uh, not, they just be, just trust that that's how I operate. And that's how I operate as a coach. I'm better that way. So I'm there to kind of help Anthony just be Anthony and to be able to say, hey, Dave, take the next set. It's like, no problem. I can take it. I don't have to ask him. And I'm also, as I said, I'm really adaptable. So 
he made a comment the other day that they had some new piece of equipment and he goes, well, we got to start using that. Otherwise it was a waste of money to, to buy that equipment. And so, so I, I took that as, as a, as a, uh, as a, uh, as a directive to make sure, okay, the next set we do, we're going to use that piece of equipment because I, I want there to be value to the equipment they purchase. So I'm really good at listening uh, to what a coach uh, says. And, and he's, again, the other day, there was a lane line on the deck that had, had, uh, had fallen apart and he made, made comment about tomorrow, I'm going to get to that. So I took it upon myself to take care of it that day. And so he didn't have to worry about it. So he can come back and go, oh, good. I don't have to worry about that line. So I'm just a sounding board. Um, I think if you ask any of us that have gotten back into a assistant's role after so many years of being head coaches, uh, Dennis Dale comes to mind when he left Minnesota, went to Indiana, or Mark Bernardino, who uh, was at uh, Virginia for a long time, and, and he's still coaching as an assistant coach. And I think I think you'll ask any of us, and it's, it's so – it's, it's freeing. It's, it's tremendous freedom to be able just to, to just coach, not worry about re recruiting to the extent that you do as a head coach or giving up scholarships or being doing the compliance paperwork or all the nonsense that goes along with, uh, especially college coaching. Um, and, and I do that with my club team too, also with Nova. I, I'm there to allow my coaching staff to, to focus more on the coaching. And so when they have issues with, with, uh, uh, with, with parental influences and stuff like that, I can take, I can, I can take that lead on that and put parents back in, 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 in where they need to be and, and let the coaches coach and not be frustrated or worried about you know, some parent peeking over their shoulder or whatever. So uh, I think that's what, that's one of my skill sets, I think is to, uh, for Anthony in particular at Orange Coast College to let him just coach and, and do what he needs to do and be there for his backup and be there if he can't make practice because his wife's going to have a baby and, and uh, or he's got to go watch his little boy do t-ball and, and I it's great so it's uh, that's how I, that my role is I'm not trying to prove anything and just help Anthony continue the successes that he's developed at uh, Orange Coast College. Sounds like he's, like I said, very lucky to have you. I mean, it's, it's exactly well, what I don't know if, if he hires me back next year, then we'll, we'll say he was lucky. You're right. You're right. You still have to actually back it up, but all the, all the interview questions are correct. Or all the interview answers, I should say, because that's exactly what I would hope young coaches would be able to understand as they step into assistant roles. And they're just always so hungry to step up and, you know, do more and stuff that it's really hard for them to be good assistants, to be, satisfied with where they're at especially with our industry they're constantly being pushed push push you gotta yeah. be stepping next you gotta be stepping next you know so you know it's very mm -hmm. fortunate to have a coach who a <laughs> knows exactly how to step in and be a head coach if you need him in a situation where you're gonna have two kids he's gonna need you dave so um <laughs> and then b uh, you know this guy's not this guy's not coming from a job this guy's not you know in it for any of this he he appreciates the lack of responsibility as opposed to envies the position in that way. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds awesome. Um, I'm looking for another job. I, I know. I know. This is a stepping stone. That's why it makes the best interview answers because it's genuine and it's authentic. And so it's pretty cool to hear from a top level guy who has all of the results you could possibly ask for as far as, you know, any of the check marks on the resume, it's all happened. And for you to be talking about, you know, 
the, you know, the root role of it is cool. I will stop, you know, just telling you how great you are, Dave. I could do that all day, but we'll, uh, I, I guess my, I'm going to kind of circle back to that same question about what have you proven? And I think you did talk about it when your relationship with your coaches is I need to give them their sandbox. And, and I feel the exact same way about my coaches. I am not a micromanager. I don't want to stand over them and say, whoa, 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 what is that? Why not this? Why? I just, I want to make sure they have their room. I would love to have, you know, continuous communication in some degree with them to make sure that if they run into problems with that, that they have it. Um, but I've also, the more I've gotten into like the nitty gritty of coaching, started to realize that more or less I'm trying to create a sandbox for each athlete. And uh, I just guess I would, I, I would like to hear you, your side of, I guess I'll just give a, <laughs> I'll give a reputation stereotype or rumor, if you want to call it Dave, but here's a reputation that a lot of times you write the workout and then you let the athlete do it and you're there on deck and engaging, but it's not like you're constantly talking to them or talking them through it or doing those things. It's much more like, here it is, here's the sandbox. Now do what you can with it. And like, not because you're, you're, you're not hearing everything. I, I hear that you're like hearing and observing, but you, you're taking out your control of the entire pool so that the kids can get some autonomy, the young adults and adults, the pros that you coach can get some autonomy over what they're doing. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's true of me, actually. Okay, that's um, why I, I wanted to be yeah, I think that's, upfront about it. Nice characterization. I, I do give my athletes a lot of choice in terms of the training, but I'm really, really, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm adamant about detail. Detail has to be done exactly the way I envision things. Um, uh, so yeah, they, there's, there's some, some room for choice. Um, I, I certainly play off my athletes to, as you and I have had conversations before that, um, I don't write my workouts in advance of a workout in, in particular with the, the, the group that I'm coaching now, I'm never quite sure who's going to be in practice. So to design a workout based on who's, who may or may not come to practice doesn't, it's not very, very fruitful. Um, but I, I, I'm very much, I'm driven by all kinds of different uh, stimuli that's going to help create an environment where we can be really uh, effective, really fast, really efficient. Um, and so the things that impact me are, are what do the kids look like when they get through warm up and are they uh, in good moods or not in very good moods? Is, is the weather right? Sometimes uh, the weather will dictate what, what a workout might look like. Uh, or what we so I don't, I don't worry about what tomorrow's practice is. I really don't care about what yesterday's practice is. Um, I'm famously known for not telling the kids how many repetitions of, of, a, um, of a set that we're doing. And, and when they ask how many we're doing, I always tell them that you can't do anything about number 22. So don't worry about how many we're doing. Just work, focus on the one that we're on. And so that they get sometimes they've gotten used to that. That he's not going to tell us how many we're doing. But I, I purposely don't do that, or it's not, not every set, but there are a number of sets that I don't have a certain number of repetitions that I want to be done because I need to see how this evolves, how the set evolves and, and get a sense that we're getting where I want it to be. And then there's kind of a crescendo of, of, how, of how a set is, is running to the point where, okay, now they're becoming disinterested or they're not putting in the same effort. Now it's time to, to pull back and do something else. So 
Uh, I'm, I'm really reflective of how my athletes are, are performing on a moment by moment basis. Not even, not a, not a macro cycle or a mini cycle. It's just day to day. It's, it's minute to minute. Um, so, um, but, but you communicate you that with them. Are you communicating, are you communicating those, per, those, you know, things that you're taking in? I, I, mean, I, I want to make sure I was clear. Like, I know that you're paying attention to everything that's going on in practice. Are you communicating those things to the kids constantly? Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm, I'm always. A, if anybody watches me work on deck, they'll they'll find that uh, I'm, I'm constantly talking. I'm constantly making uh, communicating with the athletes, and you know, a lot of times it's kind of uh, a kind of general uh, enunciation of what we're trying to do to just keep reminding the kids of what what we're after. Sometimes it's individualized, um, but I've always felt at ill at ease if I'm not constantly coaching, because I think it, 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 it almost feels like I'm afraid that the kids will think I don't care because I'm not saying something or chirping out something or saying some profound statement about the set and how important it is. So I'm really responsive to my athletes on a moment by moment basis. So I've got very certain elements of my training that I, that I want to accomplish in, in every given workout. And so it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of uh, this, I look at it as a, I'm trying to put together a painting and all these components of this painting have to be put in there. So it's, it's things about power and strength and flexibility and, and mechanics and all these different components go into performance. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to implement them all into my painting. And so everything kind of one set leads to the next set, leads to the next set, leads to the next set. But I don't, like I said before, I, I don't do, I don't plan that out way in advance. And, uh, I just look at each, each workout is in itself, its own entity. It's not, um, it's, it's cumulative in the sense that you've got workouts going from day one to day 144. Um, but it's not, I don't look at it in the, in the, in the, I look at put, put yesterday aside. Today is different. It's going to be just as hard as yesterday and tomorrow will feel like we never get a break. And it's like, no, you don't, you're, your body's tremendously adaptable and plastic and, and uh, it's got some capacities that we just, uh, we need to, we need to reach, reach towards. So um, yeah. So I, I think in characterizing me, it's I'm constantly uh, yapping, talking, uh, whistling, um, giving feedback. I think some of my statements are really profound, although I'm not sure they think it's profound, <laughs> Sometimes I speak in different languages because I know how to say fast in a bunch of different languages. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I come out. It's been a very long time. And when I was on your deck, the one time I got to be on there, I was still very young and new to what pool decks look like. So I appreciate you painting that picture. That's exactly, yeah. I, I mean, that's what I would want if you had Dave Salo on deck, just constantly helping. And it again, goes back to how you're going to be, amazing for Anthony in that role as the assistant. Um, well, I think I'm going to have one last question because I could keep going, but I guess uh, the, the only other training question that I had following up on what you were just talking about making art out of the workouts and challenging them every day, are there any metrics that you're, ch you're tracking for progress? Like you're building a certain number of yards or number of reps at a pace or a certain number of yards. Or I know that you're famous for, you know, having, uh, you know, less yards than most, but are there certain metrics that you're tracking throughout the season and building? 
I don't, I don't track anything. I, I, I've seen over the years too many coaches who get caught up in, on tracking whatever metrics they're looking at or looking at a particular set and, and, I, and determining where, what kind of success they're going to have based on that. And it's so unpredictable. And we went for a number of years where coaches were monitoring lactate and all of a sudden the lactate weren't going the direction they want them, want them to or expect them to do. And uh, they start freaking out and they think their season's lost. And so I don't do that. I just, I, I expect my athletes to come in every day with the, with the intent to work really hard and swim fast every day and, and uh, not worry about the metrics per se. Um, I think you, you it's, it's if you're doing the work every day and you're working really hard, you're going to get in shape. It just it just comes with, with working hard. So I don't I don't focus too much attention on that. Uh, I've used some some metrics in the past, but I've kind of gotten away with it because things things will plateau out, and then you're starting going, oh no, now what? Yep. <laughs> so I, I just uh, um, I just think most athletes are. I think most athletes just. They, they tend to just come in and do what you tell them to do uh, to cloud their minds with, with certain parameters. Uh, it's, it's just doesn't make sense. I, I borrow a phrase that, that probably Terry McKeever uses uh, a lot. And I use a lot as well with my athletes is they'll ask you all kinds of questions about a stroke thing or, or a mechanic or a, watch my stroke rate or whatever. And I said, FIO, FIO, figure it out. You got to figure it out. You know, you're trying to get from A to B and you're trying to get there fast. Count your strokes. It's real simple. Count your strokes. If you're going faster and you're getting less strokes, that's more efficiency. So a lot of times there's a lot of FIO sets. And I know Terry does that with her kids all the time too. It's like, figure it out. And so going back to what you said before about kind of characterizing me, I think a lot of my athletes will tell you that, that I'm very detail-oriented and have high expectations at the same time, they'll sometimes characterizing me characterize me as um, uh, uh, just um, I don't know how to say it, but uh, he lets us do whatever we want, and it, it's it's not that simple. It's 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 yeah, you can do whatever you want as long as you do what I want you to do. Um, but I also there's a lot of discovery that goes on in my workouts too, because sometimes I I have an intent of what I think something needs to be, and they will misread my intent and I will learn from that that kind of misinformation that they 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 kind of take it and run with it and so I kind of use that as a vehicle to oh well I didn't really think that but I didn't communicate what I wanted but they showed something to me that might be a little bit different so um would you consider a player's coach I don't want to go Pete Carroll in the USC connection, but maybe the, a player's coach. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know. I'm, I'm not sure I would characterize my life. You don't have to categorize anything, Dave. I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Carroll is awesome. I loved watching Pete Carroll. I wish I had his, uh, I wish I had, was, there are a lot of characteristics that I like about Pete. And he's a lot like Urbanchek. Urbanchek might be considered a, a player's coach kind of guy that, he gets away with so much because he's got that stupid Hungarian accent of his. <laughs> you mean that endearing, wonderful Hungarian out. accent? <laughs> he's been here 60 years. He still has an accent and he's playing it up. It's one of the most endearing qualities among the many about him. Yeah. When he's at home talking to Mel, he speaks perfect English. <laughs> Around everybody else, it's, it's, he's got the Hungarian accent. Oh, we got to get a recording um, of uh, John's American accent. <laughs> yeah, these days, but I'm, 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 
Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I, I used to tell people, you like so-and-so better. I was like, no, I don't. I don't like anybody. I hate everybody. It's just the same. But that's not true. I, I just, uh, yeah. you know, you get that in club coaching. You play favorites. I don't play favorites. I hate them all. So if, they're, if they're all hated, then they're, they're fine. But Yeah, I've gone through phases of that. There, I went through the coach phase where you were supposed to play favorites. That was like how you divvied out your currency, your attention. And if you gave it, the only other option is that you, you know, just get angry at all the kids who are not doing it right and not there. So, yeah, you, you know, so yeah, I do have favorites, the kids who are coming every day. And then I realized that that's still not quite enough. So yeah, that, that's <laughs> uh, deeper than that. <laughs> that kind of paints you in a corner and, and what going back to Orange Coast College, it's again, as I said, the, 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 the skill set of these kids is really broad range and the water polo kids have just finished their season. Now they're going into the swim season and you just got to be a lot more aware that, that their skill sets are so different and, and the community college has its own kind of, uh, they got their own kind of uh, characteristics that are kind of unique. You got to be careful with these kids a lot because they, they, they do this purely out of the joy of the sport. They're not on scholarship and they can do it or not do it. They can. So there, there's a lot of the one thing I have to learn a little bit more is the, the flexibility that Anthony has with the kids because there's a lot more class conflict and they've got jobs that they got to go to. And so they're, their attendance is sometimes scattering and I want people at practice and I want them in on time and, and those kind of things that are really important to me, but you've got, you've got to be a lot more flexible with the community college kids, but I think you can still ask of them the same thing. And I told Anthony a couple of weeks ago, because we have such an abbreviated season that I, I, I told him, I said, look, you're know, just being a little too cautious. I think, I think these kids can handle a lot more than you're, you're you're giving them i think you just said we don't have much time so let's let's just get, kind of get after it and uh, he's he's a seasoned veteran so he's been trying to be very progressive and i'm like that's just do it let's go it's not wait we've only got five weeks left hit the gas so i gotta kind of roll that back a little bit or or somebody is a little out of breath and they're sitting on the wall i gotta kind of ignore that a little bit because i'm like come on that's my tendency, and, and uh, so I got to make sure that are you okay? Is everything all right? So it's it's a it's a different group, um, but they're they're there because they want us they want to swim, and, and no other there's nothing else, nothing else driving them. They're, they're, it's uh, uh, so it's it's really interesting uh, dynamic. It's awesome. Hey Dave, thank you so much for your time. Amazing stuff. I truly do appreciate it. Uh, and best of luck. It sounds like you're in a great situation and that Anthony's a very lucky head coach to have you there. Best of luck, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I think I'm lucky to be working with Anthony at Orange Coast College. So if you've got any athletes that are looking for a really great environment to swim, Orange Coast College Pirates. There we go. Thanks, Dave. See you there, Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.